0: twilight zone thank you all for taking this most delightful trek with us good evening live long and prosper today's installment is about Discovery's season four episode seven titled but to connect representatives from across the galaxy gather to confront the threat of the dark matter anom- anomaly also during a second storyline zora's new sentience raises difficult questions for the crew and for dr Kovitch. So we have two main storylines in tonight's episode. First, the Federation and other worlds throughout the galaxy—we're talking about all four quadrants—have arrived at Federation headquarters to discuss how to handle the DMA. This, uh, while this, while it is conceivable given the location of the Federation that representatives from all four quadrants could attend, it is. Basically, the first time we've ever heard of representatives from all four quadrants potentially being brought into the Federation. There are ramifications in the de- in the decisions they will make, which might affect their use of or lack of use of the prime directive. The second main storyline deals with Zora's sentience. Dr. Kovic has been brought aboard to help determine whether or not Zora truly is a sentient being. However, Stamets has serious objections to this. So much so that Zora is basically put on trial and other members of Discovery fight on her behalf. We also learn of the drastic measures Zora herself is ready to give members of the crew, which is in and of itself a possible departure of Federation principles. All right, let's get started. Um, Let's go. Um, So, the Federation and other member worlds are being asked um, how to handle the DMA. Um, Marie, let's start with a simple question. What evidence do we have that leads us to believe the DMA is indeed a weapon or? Is it some experiment that has gone wrong?
1: The problem is is that we don't have data. Like we don't really have any information, which is a point that Berna makes during the course of the episode. What we know is that it sort of looks like a whale eye and it eats planets and it punches its way through the galactic barrier. So all of those kind of point in the direction of weapon. However, we also know Nothing else. It could have been a. It, it could be a science experiment run amok. It could be um, maybe a proto version of whatever species Ten C is. Um, we only have Ruan Tarka's word that there's a device at the center. Mind you, no one else has been able. I mean, yes, he's created a model, but no one else has been able to create or re- acquire any further data on that point. So realistically, that's kind of the problem. That's the crux of the issue is that we just don't know what's going on.
0: Gotcha. All right. So we have with us two special guests. We have Lord Death Man. Um, he is here. He's going to he's going to respond to Marie real quick. But before um, he does that, I also want to introduce True Knowledge um, real quickly. In five, 10 seconds, can you both introduce yourselves to us?
2: jeff you want to go first
3: i was about to say you better not cut me off death man you son of a bitch <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um anyways yeah i'm jeff just call me jeff man i'm telling you right now i i would be the most arrogant prick out there if i actually expected anybody here to freaking call me true knowledge man come on <laughs> all right <laughs> lord death man so, yes so uh, only uh, when
1: you're in trouble gotcha
2: <laughs> uh yes uh so i i am the lord it. death man but um you can drop the honorific. You can just go with Death Man if that's easier for you. <laughs> I'm a longtime Star Trek fan, uh, and I just um, am very grateful for the opportunity to talk with Jermaine and uh, Jeff here, who uh, I've met on other podcasts, on other shows. We were talking MCU stuff just the other night, and um, they told me about this particular show. I watched a couple of episodes uh, on the channel. Great work, guys. And um, yeah, just happy to be talking about this episode.
0: Well, let me say this, Lord Death Man. <clears throat> I love calling you Lord Death. I just, there's just <laughs> about saying Lord Death. I
2: get to keep my honorific. Awesome. <laughs> Let's keep the Lord and Lord Death Man.
0: <laughs> All right. So Lord Death, uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about this? What evidence do we hey, have that leads us Jermaine,
3: to- Jermaine, it's always good to know that if you ever end up in hell at the end of the day, at least Lord Death Man's down there to kick it with you.
0: <laughs> couple of Yes, 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 yes. All right. So what uh, what what evidence do we have that leads us to believe the DMA is indeed a weapon or is this some experiment that's gone that's gone wrong?
2: You know, I don't really think that there is any evidence. I'm just going to kind of dovetail on what Marie was saying. Um, either way, we're, we're lacking data in a data centric world, a data centric society data supposed to be telling us everything but we always have burnham who's good for a, a good gut reaction right <laughs> this is what i think it is and this is what i think we should do we um, are going to do that yeah gonna, no else. matter what no matter what yeah so um uh, our lovable rule breaker um but that being said uh, i think the jury's still out uh what i really liked about this episode that i think is related to your question germaine is that um This is an episode that really sort of puts Federation values front and center. You know, do we treat this as a first contact situation or do we treat this as a weapon of mass destruction that's about to tear apart the galaxy? And um, for the first time in a long time, I have to say, I was ready to agree with Burnham. We really do need to treat this like a first contact scenario. And um, we need to go out on a limb and, and really see what's there first. Um, instead of doing a Kirk, we, we, we need to try a Picard here.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Okay. So as I said before, we have two different tracks going on with this particular episode. All right. So we have the Federation, do they, do, don't they? And then we also have what's going on inside Discovery.
3: Yeah, but I've I think won-
1: Jeff's got a question on top of that, so oh, let's go with Jeff.
3: Jeff. Yeah, you guys got—I got, I got to, You guys got to explain this to me, so I so I understand the history or the backstory of this or whatever. I've been very perplexed by this. Why is um, Saniquea Martin Green's uh, character called Michael Burnham? Like she's how did named after remember- her father. Ah, okay, all right, okay. That's all I needed.
2: They were hoping for a boy, Jeff. And it yeah, didn't I mean, work out.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, she was about, like, about to like get, get intimate. With,
4: Only like, to be raised by Vulcans. Yeah. I mean, her
3: book were about to like get after her real quick, and she and he was like, I love you, Michael. And I was like, What
0: <laughs> you know what I always wondered about that. Um, and I always thought that maybe somewhere maybe in the original show they had like an off-reference to the like the first person who had um, who, who was a mutineer or whatever. And they named the person, um, but you know, they wanted to include it in the storyline. So they had to change the name to, you know, boy's name, but a female character. That's what I always assumed.
1: To my knowledge, actually, what they were trying to do is they were trying to play a little a little bit fast and loose with concepts of gender. And so the idea was, is they were going to give him, give her this masculine name. Um, and really, is just a tie to her father, which is necessary in light of the fact that she loses him on in that Klingon raid. Yeah, a
5: boy just, named I, Sue, right?
3: Yeah, I would just <laughs> want to point out point out that uh, if I had been at that like conference at that meeting with all the different uh, representatives from the other planets and whatnot, um, you know, I'm straight, but like with some of those alien creatures that were going on there and whatnot, I don't care whether they're female or male, I would still get down with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good to know that's what you were focused on. Yeah, good
2: to and know. <laughs> that makes Jeff eminently qualified to be a part yep. of this discussion. Yeah,
3: Jeff, that's was incredible. it the butterfly He's people? I've like, got
1: a hotness chart. It ranges from Andorian to
3: Tellarite. Yeah, Wait, Jeff, it's all good. Jeff. If they got Jeff. different. Yeah, was it was
0: it the white guy, the butterfly guy? No, I mean, is that you know, if is?
3: they've got different words for that kind of stuff in their language, if if they're like, My, "I'm a yak," then you know, I mean, as long as you know, I'm feeling it, it's all good. <laughs>
1: That's good to I don't know. know. I don't know, guys. Yeah. Like, we're, we're Forget. Will's it's gone full know. Princess Jasmine on us. Like we got to pull back a little.
0: <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So at one point, after Stamets, well, I, and I'm 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 moving I'm moving from Federation, and I'm going into the the Zora storyline. All right. Mm-hmm. So at one point, after Stamets raises objections, uh, Zora offers a compromise. Zora introduces a failsafe that will terminate her sentience if used. This fail-safe would be given to the crew to use if Zara refuses uh, to follow any future orders given to her. Given what we know and understand about Federation worries and principles, Brian, Mm -hmm. describe for us the potential ramifications of such an act.
5: Well, I think uh, essentially it was to put the crew's mind at ease, but ultimately it boils down to the fact that she was willing to sacrifice herself for the rest of the crew if necessary. And I think that speaks volumes mm-hmm. as to what type of a and I use the term loosely, person that Zora is. And uh, you know, exactly how she regarded the rest of her family or or the crew of the discovery. Um but the fact that, that she was willing to go to those lengths to Put their mind at ease. It's like, um, well, I mean, it's like you know, would we be willing to do the same thing if if we were under the same uh, constraints? You know, would we be willing to say, all right, well, if if I don't live up to your expectations, here's a gun, shoot me, Hmm. or or something. So, I mean, it it kind of, in my mind, it's like she's willing to go that far just to prove
0: that she can be trusted. Gotcha. William, what are your thoughts regarding the potential ramifications of destroying a sentient life?
4: You know, every Trek episode has its episode where, every Trek show has its episode where um, there's that one where we have to discuss is it or is it not a life form? And if you go back and watch certain episodes, and I, I believe it was the one where um, there was one where Data is on trial. There's one where the Doctor is on trial. So now we have Zora on trial. Measure of a man. And and how and is author,
1: this author. hmm
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So with all that being I said I have one
1: job on this um, podcast.
0: One. <laughs> to give us the titles of episodes excellent. One.
4: Look, I'm good I'm good at remembering first episodes and last episodes. Don't ask me to remember anything in the middle. <laughs> like, like like parallels who? <laughs> but uh, but honestly, um as far as the ramifications go, it it would be immeasurable in my opinion because not only are you terminating a life, which is a crime within itself, you're terminating a new form of life. Like, like just, I mean, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you destroy it or destroy what makes it it. Or in this case, her. So we don't want to take that away from Zora. So I think I, I don't. I don't think I could put it into words. What would happen if they did? I mean, um, I forgot his name. Got the glasses. Um, made it quite clear um, Dr. the ultimate, Kovich, Thank yeah. you. I really like him. He, I I wish I had like a figure of him to hang on my window or something <laughs> to just stare at people as they come to the door. He's like Doctor Strange. He's like Doctor Strange. He, he like
0: will like, just give it to you. I would straight. hope.
4: Dude, hope go that watch he is Scanners and then descendant.
1: come back and talk to us. Just go watch Scanners.
4: I hope that he is. I am. I low key hope that he is a descendant of Boothby. That's that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> I'm just he's got to be. He's absolutely got to be. Like, period. You can't talk shit. I mean anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, yeah, Um, no, you know, de- definitely not destroy her because I'm just well, A, because of Calypso, we knew she wasn't gonna get destroyed. We already knew that. But as far as establishing it to where she too can be seen, and they didn't necessarily have to um they they metaphorized it, they made it into a parable, if you will, but you didn't you don't necessarily have to identify it with a certain community in our time here. It could potentially be anyone. And that's what makes it interesting. It's just like this is like open domain here, this particular story.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So that's what I'm
0: thinking. Lardeth, Lord Death, I heard you chuckling, man. What's going on? What's, what what are you thinking?
2: Well, I was thinking that um You know, if you're raised and indoctrinated in this fandom, the death of sentient life is just unacceptable. And, you know, while Zora is also different, she's also unique. There is no other life form like Zora, which also makes the termination of her sentience unacceptable. Right. So, you know, that being said, she's this amalgamation of the Discovery ship computer along with the sphere data and all of these other memories and new experiences that she's been having along the way. So the preservation of her life should be equally as important as the preservation of the entire Milky Way galaxy when talking in the context of the DMA and her hesitance to sort of give up those coordinates.
1: You know, you've got a point there because like what a lot of people don't realize is from Measure of a Man is that Bruce Maddox actually has good intentions when he comes and tries to take data off the Enterprise because he's worried that data is going to get destroyed. And so he's trying to, I mean, he's trying to make sure that that type of can can continue. I mean, he's a dick and he's very bad at his job. But yeah, that's inherent to Federation mores. All right, all
0: right, all right. So it looks like no one else is going to jump on. This is what we're going to do right (laughs) now. Once again, it's not the conversation. We're actually actually moving along. We're actually moving along,
4: sticking to the schedule this time. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking really good right now.
3: Yeah. Look at us demonstrating personal growth. You never explained to me the whole dichotomy of how this stuff worked on here, so I didn't know whether I could say anything else or what was going on so okay
0: so oh, excellent question oh, so, a month so what though, happens is, is the broken <laughs> <moves>. <laughs> so ex, excellent question so i'll ask a question and i'll direct it to, towards an individual person and then the, uh, the person after that person gets a, like a full minute to respond and then after that anybody at any point can respond okay
1: basically jermaine had to come up with a way to rein me in because you know there's only so much that i can do to keep the snark buried <laughs>
4: Well, I, just I was wanted on the verge to... of getting the channel banned because I was cursing too much. that was the least of your I'm a changed <laughs> person. I am more spiritual with my kacha and my pa. Okay, so I am just there. You know, okay. I am give just... me that me <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh God! No! like full dad mode on you, William. Like no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Look, let's
0: do this. Let's do this. Let's let's keep it moving. All right. So what I wanted to do to basically say, you know, hey, look, thank you, uh, thank you, Jeff, because Jeff brought me on to his show, um, which
3: actually inspired this show believe it or not like not many of you all know this. what a surprise that I would that I would I would make something like that happen man
0: <laughs> so I just wanted to, to to give uh Jeff about you know two minutes to introduce him well introduce his show to Star Trek the Star Trek world um and then also to, you know tell us a little <clears> bit <throat> about himself. So, so Jeff tell us a little bit about mcu's bleeding i want
3: to sh- i want to shout out made and show off my made t-shirt first it's i just got my first bandmade t-shirts in the mail today or whatever and made is like literally the dopest live like rock band in the world right now so like if you if you don't know about made yet uh you better come correct you know what i'm saying and go check that shit out <laughs> um, you know because uh i'm telling you right now it's their it, their their uh their sound is pretty impactful uh, there's and they're certainly very unique. Um, but, anyways, um, so I'm Jeff, um, and I'm the co host of the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and podcast. And, um, basically, I wanted to just mention that you know, off that last topic, um, of that of the whole sentient life deal and everything and whatnot, I was like, I didn't find any of that whole conversation and like you know, that 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 uh, that set of scenes all that impactful, really, or whatever. I was whatever about it. I was more concerned with the whole deal with like the, uh, the, um, the whatever girl or boy or whatever, the guardian person or whatever. That's like, um, you know, like, uh, is kind of, uh, looking or whatever, you know, like you mean uh, gray. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out, you know, like, I mean, Hey, I'm down with the whole gender bending woke stuff. Like it's cool with me, but like, I was trying to figure out what was going on with that person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it doesn't sure answer.
1: He's a, he it's good. Oh,
3: okay. I couldn't tell. Oh, and also, uh, yeah, the the some of the aliens uh, that they have on the show, uh, like the, the the Council of the of the worlds and everything and whatnot, are seriously interesting looking. Man, they got some interesting looking aliens over there.
1: You know, it's kind of nice. I gotta say, like, I mean, they've diverged so significantly from the like, let's see how creatively we can make forehead ridges aesthetic of the '90s.
3: I mean, but is the Okay, to say that I cracked it like the hell I was looking at some of them the first time. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful.
1: I mean, let me guess. You you cracked the hell up at the, the Lurian, the guy that's got like the.
3: I don't know. I mean, there was just a couple of them where I looked at up and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?"
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it's I. I guess, I guess we're sci-fi. so.
0: I guess we're so used to it uh, that it doesn't even bother us anymore. All right, so let's move. Thank you, Jeff. Hopefully, you you've uh, you've 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 explained your oh Jermaine, to just, us.
3: I want to say thank you for letting me come on the show man and I'm really glad hey at the end of the day oh. there's nothing there's nothing cooler or like or like more like humbling than like knowing that like anything that I did with you at, in our friendship or whatever whatever you know caused you to end up putting together something this wonderful like and putting all these people together and everything and building these connections and these relationships like to, to feel like I had any part in that in any way is just like humbling and I think that that's just like a um, a result of like how how quality like our friendship is.
1: That's awesome. Welcome to you and to uh, Lord DM over there to our sandbox.
2: <laughs> LDM's good <laughs> too. Lord DM, <laughs> Lord DM.
0: <laughs> You know what? I kind of like Lord. DM. <laughs> i like Lord, the Lord DM. of the DM. It's just oh like oh I
1: mean, I mean you know, like that. he mean, doesn't show his face catchy.
5: is like. I, I mean, everybody, like, everybody coming like this is going to be
1: like, this is a very different kind of podcast than I thought it was going to be with Lord DM
3: in the title, but like, okay, we can work with this. <laughs> Deathman Death and me are kind of like an yeah. ass. He's my straight guy. He kind of reigns Indeed. Me in, but not, you know, uh, like, it, He's
2: the ringmaster, and I'm just a day player on the <laughs> bleeding edge.
3: Hey, if I was as cool as Lord Deathman, oh my God. I mean, you, you would also have to have like a random skull. <laughs> <laughs>
1: instead of right. an
0: our hat. All right, let's move on, let's move on, let's get back to it, all right. So while the Federation is deliberating what to do about the D- DMA and its possible ram- ramifications, Mr. Tarka turns to Booker and tells him, know your moment. Tarka has a device that will destroy what's at the center of the DMA. And let me tell you something, I don't care what you say, really planned this moment from the very beginning with Tarka and tried to get Book to provide the emotional appeal that was necessary to get the federation on board with destroying
1: the dma <clears throat> i swear i, think- I really I- need you to walk back from your anti cardi stance like i really do
0: <laughs> I, th- I think you know how i feel all right okay. miles all right. <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: it mean, I realize- helped having been born part Cardassian my dude like come on
0: look I realize the rest of you don't believe <laughs> that but you know it's okay she is the devil I need you to understand she <laughs> is the devil
4: I, first of all no first of all <laughs> oh somebody came prepared first of all Jermaine this is the look I'm giving you <laughs>
1: You trying to tell me to shut the fuck up? That's okay. No. No, no, no. no. That's the sheer fucking hubris lady. Like, you have the sheer fucking hubris to keep calling her a Cardi. Come on. But she also said shut the fuck up. Honestly, because I'm trying to... She may or may not be my favorite character. Like, I'm not even going to
0: lie. What I'm trying to tell
4: you is how did you decide for me that I didn't believe you when you said that she was the devil? I thought we had already cleared this up. Now, I'm trying to be be well-behaved over here, Jermaine, and you're really bringing me out myself right I'm talking about the majority. I'm not talking
0: about you. I'm talking about the majority.
1: No, he's looking at me. me He's looking at me because I do not, in fact, think she's the devil.
4: (laughs) I got you, Marie. That's fine. But I'm
1: talking about him. Y'all, I've just been written off. Okay. Yes,
4: I reached my hand up. I am not talking to you. I am talking (laughs) to you
1: sorry <laughs> jeff you know we, we tried to right. behave more right. be deaf man but like, what what? i digress
0: <laughs> i digress I digress. in response to tarka burnham highlights for everyone um, that the possible result of such an action would cause an isolated burn this potential burn would affect warp travel in the specific sector the explosion were to occur in but also has the potential to affect warp travel all throughout the galaxy brian yes what evidence do we have that the federation and non-federation worlds are primed to go against the regular standing orders of the federation. Okay. Um,
5: Well, basically as far as I can understand it, everybody's scared. Uh, Marie pointed out this thing eats planets and it does it like, like that. So people, yeah, exactly. It's basically like a, a spatial Pac-Man of sorts. And essentially everybody's scared that maybe their planet's going to be next or, or something like that. So they're willing to jump to drastic solutions to try to solve this problem. And I think Burnham is basically trying to get everybody to realize that it may not be the result of an actual attack. You know, and, you know, we need to come about this from a federation standpoint of let's go talk to them and find out what's going on. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
5: And, you know, she, she even says, you know, not everybody here is from federation worlds, but I think we can all learn from its ideals.
0: Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's that's my piece. Jeff, I'm I'm interested. What what were your thoughts Um about the episode so far, like at this particular point in time. <clears throat> what were your thoughts about the episode so far?
3: Can you can you tell me where the episode we're talking about exactly?
1: We're kind of in the
0: middle at this point. We're kind of in the middle. Um at this point Do you remember
1: the cat fight between the two that we're dating? Because we're right about there.
3: Yes. Okay. I called that shit um, out.
1: I know everyone you. did you for it. I hate everyone you did. all. I hate you all
3: no, no, no! Love, no.
0: It's, okay. But I hate you all. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It, you know, it's okay. <laughs> so, 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 Jeff, what, what were your thoughts at this particular? So
3: basically, uh, I mean, I was kind of like, um, you know, kind of trying to acclimate myself to the show and everything and whatnot. Because I'm just gonna put it out there as a disclaimer, like I've still got to go back and watch the first three seasons. I started the episode one of season four to get ready for the show, and I watched all the way from four to from one to seven today you know what i mean so hey everybody give me props for sitting down and grinding through all those episodes man like that was absolutely a- brother you know, you know what i'm saying <laughs> no, yeah, no 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 i will hold up, give, I will hold give you
1: props when you make it all the way through season one
3: hey man <laughs> i had to get i had to get stolen like Ooh. 17 times during that period so i mean geez you know Put a lot hey of on me. and
4: let me know if you
3: would sleep with one of those klingons <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'll sleep with three Klingons if you want to throw them all at me, bro. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll no, no, like, no, no, I'm, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, Go back and six. watch and then come back and report. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because three it, times two equals
4: stand. six. You know, Okay.
2: Will, you're testing the wrong man.
3: Listen, I like I like a challenge <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. So, I mean. You know like he saying? knows what I'm talking about. Whatever those Klingon chicks have got, like, whatever they're working with or whatever at the end of the day, they can bust it open on me and I'll go ahead and teach them something that I know. I'll tell you right now. I'm not afraid. Boy, DM, he's I, trying to. I, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I would just, like, you know, have to, like, step up yeah. and then,
1: but, oh, uh, the, Manny, Manny, Manny! You went to that terrible TNG episode. Uh,
3: but no, I mean, I was trying to acclimate myself with the show. Still, you know what I mean? At the at, at the same time, while paying attention to the right, issues right. like the episode. So at that point, um, I was kind of trying to understand the dynamics and the relationships, I guess, that are going on interconnectively between like all the different characters and whatnot and everything that that that, that come that you know pop out throughout the course of the episode. Trying to understand the dynamic with like the president of the Federation or whatever, or whatever she's called, um, you know, and like her and di- her dynamic with um with the captain, um, you know, with um with Burnham. Um and like, you know, the 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 chemistry and everything and dynamic with the different um uh cast members um and characters and No,
1: Jermaine nope, I have yet to hear Dirty Cardi once. <laughs>
3: Uh, so anyways, I was just, I mean, th- there really isn't anything to me that I can think of that, that stood out to me that I would like really talk about, but I just, I guess I was just kind of rolling with how, how the episode was unfolding. um, And at the same time, trying to like still figure out like kind of the whole vibe of the show, you know, still, you know what I mean? And I mean, from what I understand of the first three seasons, there's characters that aren't even there anymore, you know, from those, you know, those, those seasons and whatnot and everything. So it looks like I've got a lot of, like back work to like go do naturally, and Michelle Yao was on the damn yeah. show, man. Why did I have to miss out on that? <laughs> she's amazing. Why?
4: She's right. She's amazing. She uh, don't worry. Well, well we're sure we, we 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 will see her again in the future. I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, hopefully. So,
1: that's, that's, that's can I feel this? Yes, can I feel please, this? I, please. I have I have Some a thing so I want to say. On. Um. So Michael Burnham you know, cleaves really hard to, you know, the spirit of the Federation here. Um, Even though, even though she knows it's going to cost her extensively, because there's this entire proxy discussion that's going on, which is basically Book and Burnham breaking up. Um, But, you know, Burnham, Burnham's exhortation is that we should be the best versions of ourselves no matter how difficult that may be, no matter how much it may cost us, that we are better in the long run for doing that. And that really, really, really boils it down to what the Federation and what I think Roddenberry's original vision, you know, aside from the the whole sex thing, um, really was, For the future. And that's one of the things that makes Star Trek so unique. It's not dystopian. Like it conceives. Of a humanity. That gets its shit together. And wants to do. Better.
2: Not only wants to do better. But has done better. Significantly. Mm
1: -hmm. And even when they don't. Even when they stumble. Even when they fail. They get up and they keep on trying, which I think is also significant.
0: So I just want to pick up real quick on something that um, Manny said <clears throat> in the chat. He said, "Can this compare to an isolated explosion?" So I believe. So I do recall what uh, Manny said. I think it was on the, the last live show, maybe um, when we went on that that kind of like sharp rant on technology. And I think that's what Manny was talking about. And I think this is basically Burnham responding to what we were talking about. And I think that kind of confirms what Manny was was, was saying. That this so, is yes,
1: Manny, a thing. Burnham was actually p- taking notes on our last show and <laughs> was drafting from your notes.
0: Oh, it's like four different things from our last show that came up that we talked about that was in the show. I know, right? Yeah. I know,
1: man. Like, I was just like, whoa. Um Oh, but wow. I, I but actually, I think this is isolytic technology. Um, I think Ruan Tarka makes that point that this is isolytic technology and he's he's legitimately going for the easiest solution that's going to get him the power that he needs to jump universes and he doesn't really give a shit if that means ripping apart a sector
0: mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah mm-hmm.
5: yeah, he's willing to do whatever it takes yeah. You know?
1: <clears throat> and you know, you kinda have to ask your <laughs> kind of have to ask yourself like when you are on the side of the dude that wants to rip space apart, if you are making good choices.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's all that I'm saying. That's all that I'm saying. What but look, that's saying, that's a he voy- gives
4: me Eel Barthawn vibes. Oh, he, he gives you what?
2: Eubarth.
4: <laughs> Eelbarthawn.
2: Wrong fandom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is Judas. Look, She's the I'm devil. Saying, and no, he's no, 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 Because no, no, in season no, no, one the no,
1: no. Flash... No. Do you know who he is? Do you know what his previous role was? No, I don't. I don't, I don't Sadevere Ehrenreich on The Expanse. Oh!
0: The Ex- I don't remember his character. See, that I is Sean that. Doyle. See, I didn't know that.
4: Wait a minute. The, the I'm rich just guy... telling you, he gives me them vibes. No,
1: he's he's the guy who was closely aligned with um, gadashlu's character. And um, ultimately, he ended up conspiring with and he gets taken down because he was involved in some really shady nonsense mm. okay. so apparently Sean Doyle is literally just making a career out of being this guy
0: he well, is Judas he's Judas
5: see, in, in my opinion I think Book and uh, the uh, the other guy are, are kind of I, I don't think their 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 motives are aligned are I think they're working towards the same ultimate goal, which is to destroy the DMA, but they're doing it for different reasons. Way different reasons. Tarka, I think Rowan Tarka is so taking is the advantage
1: of Book's intense grief. Right. But also, I mean, Book is taking advantage is, of Tarka's
5: uh, ability to destroy the DMA. So they're essentially. But both. again.
1: Yeah. We're supposing that that's accurate. We are giving Tarka the benefit mm. of the doubt and saying that, yes, this is, in fact, something he can do. There's no reason to assume that. Agreed.
5: I mean, you know, he he said it himself. There's no guarantee it'll work, but we have to try. But his motives for wanting to try are starkly different from everyone else's.
2: I think Tarka really uh I represents think, I, the... um. Star Trek's version of the mad scientist, there's always that scientist in Star Trek that wants to sort of break some theoretical boundary for their own uh, glory, right? It, it really doesn't have much to do with uh, the status quo or helping everybody out. Uh, and and I'm, I'm kind of liking that side of it because as a fan who sort of misses the more conservative aspects of this fandom, um, I do think Tarka brings that back. He's, there's a calculatingness to him, a ruthlessness to it yeah. that um, we're not seeing so much in, in, in this somewhat more inclusive and I would call softer vision in the in the third dawn of, of Star Trek. Um, and and uh, wh- whatever I think of Relic, uh who I think of him as, as them as counterparts, I really do get special feelings because a hybrid Bajoran.
1: I feel like you're going to have to agree on those Bloody
2: Cardi. Uh, not a dirty Cardi, but a bloody Cardi. Uh, uh, oh, my! A, you've got a Bajoran, a, a human, and Cardassian hybrid. That's going to make for an interesting night out. Jermaine. I um, I Jermaine. That's what I'm
1: saying.
2: Yeah, uh, I, 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 I kind of like her. I don't know how the rest of the.
1: Dude, kind of DM, you are literally. Her. You were literally saddling us with this crazy for the rest of the run. Please,
2: so thanks, please. Nick. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, uh... I'd hit that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> Awesome. To go we're up going up to we're, we're gonna filter down to right, like for tap long life. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like Ruan Tarko drives me nuts because Ruan, Ruan Tarko is literally that asshole man in the center of the room that's all bit be- that's been like I know all everything. I'm the best. Like I mean you see this guy at tech
4: conferences all I got to say all, oh, Marie, Marie, honey. All, all, I have to say is the best sex is with the most toxic people. In that man, <laughs> <laughs> thank I you, Will. They, they
3: make <laughs> the relatable. guy's kind of a dick. Yeah, Th- they do make him relatable at times. I
4: mean, I mean, and he knows it, and he doesn't
3: care. Exactly. Right. I That's mean, what makes I'm sorry, him good. I am, Hell, not, I, I am literally not going to
1: sleep with somebody who has no investment in whether or not I orgasm. So no, pass. I, no
4: one's. going to have to
1: marry him. Like
4: I, <laughs> I think no, really. I'm not even talking. I'm, I'm not even, ta- I'm not like even talking. Like, sex is, it's like it's I'm like literally talking sex, like, almost. Yeah, like, I am going
1: like, like, to go through the I, effort of having a one night stand with this dude. By God, I need to be guaranteed like at least one
3: orgasm. Oh, see, though, here's the well, thing. I
5: think Tark is the I kind mean, of guy who I, just assumes that you you
3: Wait a minute. Hold on. What? Every what? damn woman deserves at least one orgasm anytime you do anything with her. Come on now. Like I'm telling you right now, if you're a damn man and you can't give a goddamn woman at least one freaking orgasm when you play with her, then bro, you need to just just wrap it up, kid. Just just quit. You know a note he I mean? says at least one. Note he it's says over. at least it's one. Because I mean, so dude, I'm pulling 65 out of them left and right. So I mean, at that point, you you brothers at least gotta pull off one, bro. Come on, dog.
1: You know what? Even Uh, I'm not chasing down a rabbit hole. I want everybody to to know. I want everybody to know. I am not chasing down that rabbit hole. And this is the rabbit hole. (laughs) This is the rabbit hole.
4: Okay? You are right under me. Okay? (laughs) Like, I'm about to pull you on down here and have a talk with you. Like I
1: said, Jermaine, this episode represents personal growth. If I was a woman, and I said I better do Marie, I am
0: crying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So we see this great scene, y'all. we see this great scene in in the episode where we're going between both storylines. On Discovery, we see them debating the merits of sentience and its ramifications, and at Federation headquarters, we see them debating the merits of basically overlooking the Prime Directive, something that has been the cornerstone of our understanding of Star Trek and its possible ramifications. William, this is your opportunity. Can you please compare and contrast what was happening there? Also. When you're done, can you also compare this episode with, with other pivotal moments within the Star Trek universe?
1: <clears throat> He's not asking you anything hard.
4: <laughs> Funny. Um, okay, so I got the second question down pack. Um, As far as the, uh, thank you, Manny. As far as the first question, can you reiterate that one more time? <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, this is your question. Can you please compare and contrast what's been happening? I got I there? got
4: the second question. I just want the first one.
0: That's that was the first one. Compare and contrast. Yeah, compare and contrast okay. what's you happening between those. Contrast. Between what's happening at Federation headquarters and what's happening with the Zora storyline.
1: Talk about the cinematography, dude.
2: Okay. Lens flare. I
1: mean, it's it's <laughs> No, I'm sorry. We'll go
4: for it, man. Go for it. I feel, I, I feel like y'all are afraid for me to speak now. Like,
1: no, I, it, no, okay. I'm it's rooting okay. for you because I've got to come next. <laughs> I've got to respond to you. I so, bet. like, I need you to pull out some genius. I bet
4: you will. <laughs> okay, as far as compare and contrast, yeah, let's start with the cinematography. It it, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, it was it was what the hell, Jermaine? Like, God. what? Calm yourself, Barney. <laughs> so, look. This is what I think. I think it was it was definitely well done um, to compare both scenes. It was basically an establishment of trust, um, an exchange of information, an exchange, and, and then thus forming. Y'all, an behind the scenes, and twitching. you can see that there. And you can see that there is doubt on both sides, and. Uh, I will say um, at in, during this, as far as cinematography goes, I'm sorry, I got to give it a B minus. Like because, and it's great, it was good. I'd watch it again, but it's just like there were some of it that because I could tell what they were trying to do. They were trying to make one flowing, coherent phrase between, <clears throat> um, you know, between, between the two characters. And I felt like it wasn't at one hundred percent. I felt like it was like at eighty one, and that's fine, you know. No and no, no cinematography is going to be perfect, perfect, perfect. I mean, it's subject to opinion, but I—that's that you—you you can kind of see that between with two scenes. Now, as far as comparing it to um, past track, this really gave me a lot of um, TOS movie vibes, um, specifically the scenes. I mean, aside from Kittimer, um, I mean, I'm ignoring all that for now. It was when uh, Kirk actually got demoted to captain, and I believe this was in The Voyage Home, that end scene. And you just saw this whole whole room just full of aliens from different, I won't say different all four corners of the galaxy, but definitely all four corners of the Alpha Quadrant. and i liked the aesthetic i like how they did the makeup i loved all of it and they they kept the blue i'm really happy about that ah there we go so <laughs> i mean yeah that's a lot alpha it's just 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 a lot but yeah um it really gave me a lot of those vibes and i was just like oh cool we're actually and it's like i'm seeing growth in michael burnham again you know just like we had to see growth in kirk you know which makes me very very happy so um We never actually saw um, the the scene with the, with when the Kettmer courts were formed. We just saw the place where dude almost got shot. That didn't happen until after the Enterprise scene. But so it's like really really cool that isn't rushed like the end of Enterprise. It's really really cool to see this. My question is, who do you? I'm actually Marie, 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 let's go. let us go. Let's
0: go. Marie, let's go.
3: <laughs> hey, what the by 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 federation and alien law. Listen. 13 is a legal age. What?
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> what? Not unless This is you not are that this Ocompen. is not that kind of podcast. Not
3: unless you are an O
1: Comp. Uh and then you, and then you're geriatric because they only live to nine. Um, so, do I think do you know Manny has commented on YouTube that he thinks this was heavy handed, and I agree. I think it was, but I also think that the heavy handed comparison is necessary to explore some of like the thematic development that we've got going here. Because where whereas Burnham and Book end up. You know, working at cross purposes and separating what we've got with Stamos and Zora is a coming together, um, which is perfectly in line with the, you know, the thematic underpinnings of the rest of the series. Um, you posited ages ago, I mean, ages and ages ago, that the writers room wanted to deal with some of the ramifications of covid And what they've been offering us um, up until this point has been, you know, a foil for how our actual response has gone with this whole whole idea that it is necessary for us to form a community, to link up with each other, that we need to work together in order to overcome this obstacle. Um, And I think book breaking away from that uh, is going to be the exception that proves the rule going forward, because I do think that this particular season has been about embracing that sense of community. And, and the Federation fundamentally is about community and connection. Um, so Tark is not, it, I think it's significant here that Tark is not offering book connection at all, right? I mean, he even says, you know, don't confuse friendship with being friendly. You know uh but he's not offering any of that to book he's basically offering a transactional relationship and whereas burnham is like look i get you know you have this huge loss that you're coping with and not coping with fundamentally but we're here for you we are all invested in your well-being um and so there's this great moment in the trailer where Saru and Manny has been behind Saru the entire freaking season. So go Manny. Um where Saru actually looks at Burnham and he says I think you're the only one that can pull him back. And that's and that's that's it, right? Like I mean, that's it. How do we how do we reach out to these people who are angry? and hurt and frustrated with all of these decisions, how do we extend that hand? So I think we're actually building up for a really major metaphor in the back half of season four.
0: Excellent.
4: So this Excellent. was a mid-season finale. This isn't, yes.
0: the next episode
4: isn't going to be the last episode. No,
0: no, 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 no not at all. <clears throat> all right, okay, so yeah. let's move, let's move, let's move. Cause remember we have, uh One more question, and then we have our predictions. All right. So, Brian, (laughs) Brian, um, how do you think Zora being a member of the crew will affect the overall direction of the show? What might we explore as a result?
5: Okay. So basically, I think that with her joining Starfleet and becoming a member, like an official member of the crew, I think in the short term it kind of uh, assuages any doubts that the rest of the crew might have over her ability to follow orders or you know you know any of that stuff but in the long term i think ultimately it's going to help her become more it, it's going to help her come more into herself a little bit better to figure out who she is as a uh, and I use the term loosely, a person uh, on the show. But ultimately, long story short, we're getting a new character for all intents and purposes. And um, basically, you know, with all the uh, the emotions and 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 everything like that 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 entails. And I think, in a small part, we don't have to worry about. You know, whether this person, whether this new life form is going to go away or not, unless, of course, you know, something catastrophic happens and the ship gets destroyed. But then again, it wouldn't be Discovery. Um, But going forward, I think uh, ultimately we're going to be able to see how the characters of Discovery deal with having a new (coughs) life form and essentially guiding. Her into becoming what she, you know, her 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 ultimate self, as it were. And I think that's going to be rather interesting to watch how she evolves as a as an individual.
1: And eventually, has the good taste to fall in love with Aldous Hodge. <laughs> Let's not overlook that. About now that's a fair point. If, if I may, <laughs> if, if I may, can I
5: ask you question? Go for uh, it,
4: Matt. May I ask Brian a question? Yeah, by all means. Um, between this particular, e- between this particular episode and Calypso, how far do you think Zora has to go now, uh, ha- or how close do you think she, she said, is? She said, she uh, said
5: refer- uh, "Refresh years. my memory. She refresh said my memory. Years. What, Calypso. W- which one was that?
0: That's a that's a, a short, short trick. Yeah,
5: I actually haven't seen any of the short tricks. so." Ooh. Um,
0: i uh i i can't really comment <laughs> she on, on specifically <laughs> said in the short track she said it's been over 900 years okay
4: Look, it could have been over nine hundred <clears throat> years since since the time they they went in that wormhole, okay? That's open to interpretation until I see any other evidence that proves otherwise.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I am still holding out that we're gonna get like Aldous Hodge back. Like I really I'm really hoping that he's floating around out there and we're gonna thought, get him. Do you want I thought y'all were talking him, like, about some fan nine, mail for you.
3: I'm sorry, I, I thought that I thought y'all were talking about somebody <sighs> having nine hundred years of not having sex. I was like, damn.
5: Yeah. No, oh, we're, talk- we're, mean, talking we're talking Zora. about the computer. Yeah, Manny does have a good point that uh, Zora, they, they, when, when they were talking about extracting her, they said that she could be put into another form, whether it be a synth body or some other kind of uh, I mean, like we know that. they can
1: build a golem, so...
5: Yeah, but the question is, I mean, the, the thing was, is like basically Zora herself said, this is, this is what I am, I am the, I am the ship. And you know, she doesn't she didn't want to be anything else but the ship. So once again, we come back to yeah. choice, you know. Does she choose to become another form or does she choose to remain where she is? Do you want and,
1: Skynet? Because this is how you get Skynet.
5: <laughs> well, see, that's what Stamets was worried about because, because she he was comparing Zora to control. Hmm. That's what he was worried about being the end of result of of, uh, Zora being able to gain sentience, only in this case, with emotional uh, uh, ramifications, as well as just, you know, being able to rely on logic. Okay, Jeff, all right, Jeff, Jeff, I Jeff. I feel
1: like you're going to take this sideways, so, <laughs> yes, so I am ready I, for the detour to Albuquerque. So that's why Lord Lord DM
0: is <laughs> no, going right behind. No, we we kind of like smooth that. everything yeah. over. So come on, Jeff. We Let's go. Doing really good. Are you sure? Yes, I mean,
3: you never know. I might have something really like you know connected to the show or something. <laughs> to get here. I mean, you know. No, we're oh, waiting okay. for
1: the sex joke. So come on.
3: No, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't hey, This oh, is I reverse psychology, Jeff. <laughs> okay. All right. So Zola, right? So um, Zora, we're, Zora, we're so concerned about you know about her uh, her tangibility in terms of uh, like her sentient life and everything and whatnot. What if she started like having like sexual conversations? There with, we like, go. With, like other like with other Jeez. like Jeff delivers whomever's or whatever, right? And all of a sudden, I've just started, met like,
1: you, and I knew that was coming.
3: And all of a sudden, she started pretending and, and like saying that she was pregnant. And like that some dude on the like on the crew or whatever, like, you know, was the father or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, how do you handle that situation? Like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, how do you handle that that situation?
1: (laughs) I gotta give you credit, Jeff. You have taken us past disapproving Jermaine into flummoxed Jermaine. So, like, well done.
3: No, you're kidding me. You should see him when he comes on my show. I have him where he's almost falling off his seat laughing and everything.
1: I mean, we just we just get angry, Daddy Germain. But no, no, you you took him way beyond that.
2: You know, as as uh, lascivious as Jeff's comments may be, on the surface, they actually do have merit. If Zora is to move <laughs> into a new form, I um, hear you,
1: straight man. Come
2: there on, there is the. Uh, there is the possibility for her to explore sexual relationships, reproduction, all of those types of things. I mean, if she's come not on real, the table, if, if she's she,
3: yeah. up for child support, like is that tangible? I, you, there's no currency that, in, 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 in the future world of Star Trek. There's no money. in the
4: future.
1: I will also say,
3: I will also say, you
1: actually have to prove you have to prove a tangible relationship between you know the paternal parent and the actual offspring in order to establish paternity and get child support. You know, not that I'm a lawyer or anything. okay (laughs) William
4: Lord they trying to to bring Sebastian back I just locked him away
0: (laughs) no 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 let's keep Sebastian All right. so let's. uh,
1: (laughs) I mean the last seriously the last time we tried this whole like computer romance it didn't go well because it ended up going like completely left and involved Seven and Chakotay of all people well
2: that that's hey, where we're hey,
1: going. If if, if um a good one though, she had she had it good. Okay. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I would take the doctor over Chicote like seven days of the week.
0: <laughs> this is too much.
1: Pretty- <laughs> <laughs> there,
4: there it is, there it is. It nice is. I thought we've established this.
1: There it is. Like, Jermaine it is, is like, nice why, voice. why, we, why do I let this we this, this person on my in show? that
4: one episode we saw that nice brown booty? I mean, come on.
0: Like now, wow. Marie. See, see. Marie. <laughs> Marie, so far, much of this season has been built around the exploration of community. Do we think this art undermined those themes?
1: You know, like I said earlier, I really think this is going to prove the exception. This is going to be the exception that proves the rule. Um, do I necessarily know that Book and Burnham are going to be able to repair this this huge betrayal and this huge differential? I don't know. I would like to believe they can, because by God, I would like somebody in Star Trek to have a successful romance that's not like Riker and Troy, but um, our favorite couple. Some days, some days, but um, I, I really think that what they're doing with book is they're, they're positioning book to be this kind of outlier this kind of person who has been radicalized by his trauma and we understand his trauma, right? Like we can sympathize with book and we understand what he, I mean, reach into your soul, Germaine reach into your soul you find mean, some empathy
0: my-, my dude no um, you, no I,
1: i'm responding to something in the chat <laughs> okay okay right because you know we we empathize with book's loss i mean book has lost everything and so you know it's also completely normal in his culture to expect vengeance right like i mean he even acknowledges that to the vision of his father that it would be expected of him on Quaishan to avenge this
3: loss. That was poignant, by the way. That whole thing was very poignant, just to put it out there.
5: Yeah, speaker of the Everybody, day, Jeff you know.
1: has emotional depth. Well done. Um
0: <laughs> <look>. <laughs> predictions. Predictions. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. No, 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 no. no. The <laughs> of the
4: predictions? I want to hear what he's got to
0: say. <laughs> when Disco- when Discovery returns from to its one hiatus, y'all, now, I we, got him, I we got two minutes left.
4: We got two minutes left. What that's do we believe
0: it. species 10c will be like? Let's start with Brian. Brian, you yeah, go
5: back. Well, we already know that they're beyond the galactic barrier. Um, Beyond that, we know that they are capable of creating an anomaly that is massive and also has the destructive capability to destroy an entire planet in the blink of an eye. And ultimately, I mean, we don't know what their intentions are yet, but we can kind of guess. That being said... We we don't know what they're going to look like yet because there have been several uh, species that have come from beyond the galactic barrier, um, or very near to it. For example, the uh, the the machine species, yeah, the machine species that, that created the, the ship for V'ger, they were very near the galactic barrier. The the whale that uh, almost destroyed Earth. So, I mean, it could be anything, but we, once again, we we can't figure out what their intentions are until we go and say hi, essentially.
1: Marie. So I'm actually going to throw back to let that be your last battlefield, um, which is one of my favorite episodes from the original series. And I kind of wonder if species 10 C is still extant. Um, if in fact their pursuit of either a weapon or an experiment or whatever has backfired so significantly upon them that not only th- did they lose control of it to the extent that it breached our galaxy, um, but perhaps it did substantial damage to them as well.
0: Lord DM. I, oh, I'm sorry, I thought that was your end. thought that was your end. <laughs>
2: Well, um, as far as a prediction about uh, species C-10, is it? 10C. 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 Um, you know, I, I don't really have one other than to say that uh, it's all going to turn into some type of a cosmic level 3s company style misunderstanding. Um, I don't really think it matters whether C-3 is humanoid, hostile, or not. The DMA itself has really just been the sort of glue Surrounding the themes of community, inclusiveness, and inclusiveness for this season, it's um, it's the MacGuffin, right? So you know, I'm I'm not making necessarily making a prediction about what mm-hmm. that species is going to be like. So much as what the consequences of whatever happens is going to be. I mean, there's only really one character on the show personally affected by what the DMA has wrought. That to everyone else, it's a it's a nice thought experiment. Um, DMA bad. Destroying planets, etc., etc. Book, really, is the only one with a real personal connection to anything that the DMA has that has happened with the DMA. So, you know, keeping in line with the ideas of community, that this this sort of season mid-season ender did what it had to do in terms of creating a little bit of tension, a little bit of mystery, putting the the Zora thing out for us to sort of chew on until February tenth. But um, uh, I, I I really see. The, the prediction is that we're going to see huge evolutions in these characters once we come back from the break. I think I think uh, uh, Zora's going to try on a humanoid suit and <laughs> see how that goes for her. Um, in, in the spirit of this, uh, you know, like this, this Star Trek is more um, fantasy than speculative. I've always liked it a, a bit more on the speculative side. And there have been some pretty heavy use of, um, you know, what if I get to pick my own body, which feels more like a fantasy than, than a, than an actual speculation. But to end rant, um, yeah. I, I don't I think know. We're Anne McCaffrey see... would disagree with you. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Who, who is it that way? Anne talking? McCaffrey. Oh, is that so?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like um, her entire, uh, the culmination of her ship who sang series.
2: Indeed. Well, um, I, I, I put that out there lovingly to, to the group to, to sort of say, uh, to, to say that, um, uh, we've spent a lot of time with Gray and Adira, seeing things through their lens, uh, understanding, you, you know their their experience, their their uh, you know, I, I just feel like there's a particular bent in terms of the perspective on this episode uh, on this season so far in terms of the ideas of community and inclusion. Um And I don't really think that the writers <laughs> or that the series itself is going to put too much emphasis on what Ten C is at the end of the day, hmm. similar to, to what the burn was. Uh, burn, big tantrum. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. Jeff. I
1: oh, agree.
3: Yeah. Uh, I believe that the, that the uh, culprits of the 10C uh, are uh, third-wave SJW feminists that uh, have come together uh, and in their sheer hatred for men, they have become the NBA. <laughs>
1: Wow, Jeff actually drove Will away from the camera. Like, well done, He's going to get his water bottle. <laughs> he, he went off. No, 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 no. Like that is that is that is mic drop worthy. Oh man,
3: the off. Is that positive? Is that like a compliment to me or no? no not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Oh, okay. Jeez, I thought I was winning the award there for a minute. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you won an award, all right.
4: Uh, no, for real, go uh, ahead. That? I'm, I'm, I'm like what, that. Just go which, ahead.
3: Which award would that be, sir? You know.
4: Biggest player in the game? go about this. Up. <laughs> what up. Yeah, let's say yes, that. Let's say it, that. Yeah. That's you know it. what? I, I w- yeah. But, but, yeah. William, Absolutely. prediction? Absolutely. I will give prediction, you a pet card. Prediction? Okay, prediction about Tennessee. All right. Before I say this, a little backstory, and I kind of mentioned it in the in the in the the chat. This had better not be no small hiccup. This better not be no accident. This better not this the, the most this needs to be is a trial run for some outer species. Okay. For what they are doing. Because I ain't gonna lie. It pissed me off to find out a kelpian that was sad over losing his mama. Not saying I don't know what it's like. Because I do. But that pissed me off. To no end. To know that a little baby kelpian blew up half the galaxy. With one cry. <laughs> <laughs> All that being said. I have my own prediction. It's a little far-fetched. But I don't care. So I want to I want to connect and I've said this before I'll say it again um I want to connect the motion picture to the evil machines in Picard and Discovery. I think it's the machines from that, that live in a whole other whole other galaxy and we got a glimpse of we got a glimpse of them in the motion picture because this that's where they send V'ger back to okay and to be honest with you Vger that whole cloud wasn't that different than what we got now. It was not that different. I do not know why we did not have that conversation. The only difference is that threw a plasma ball at you and you dissipate it. Which one do you want to be? Disintegrated or destroyed to bits? To me, it's the same giant cloud that just comes in and out of nowhere until it dissipates. That's Which more. gets me closest to Versus ka. So, so. Gone too soon. As far as Picardo's. Right? Thank you. As far as Picard goes, we see that little red, black tear in the fabric of space-time where we see little tentacles coming through, and you knew they were not in our galaxy. You just knew it, okay? Otherwise, we would have been hurt of them. And now, I'm thinking, hey, maybe that same species, they just have to be called 10C, almost sounding like a distinct version of 3PO. And now they want to test one. Hey, let's see what happens if we send a space tornado all through the galaxy just to rain hell and high water on these people, just to see how much we can terrify them. By the way, on top of that, on top of that prediction, as far as the prediction about Michael Burnham and Cleveland Booker, I'm glad his name is Cleveland Booker's relationship. I think they are going to come back together. They were separated because of, um, because of because of president devil bitch and they're gonna come back together because of um Tarka. The reason I think that is because Booker's gonna see the asshole that Tarka really is and then they're gonna come back to the fold. They're gonna, you know, be back together and all this other bullshit because to me, I think Tarka's the real bad guy.
0: That's just what I think okay now what else i gotta say Uh, so i I think that's (laughs) it i think we're gonna call this section in the future rants um but (laughs) real quickly i'm gonna give my prediction Um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, i'm thinking this whole thing is really just a device to allow star trek um to move into another realm meaning meaning another galaxy and perhaps this galaxy is chaotic and deserving of order i'm thinking um it's a great way to introduce section 31 into this new <clears throat> galaxy where another federation of sorts could be introduced
1: jermaine your agenda is showing <laughs> your whole hey,
0: agenda is showing hey you know i um, look you know how you feel about those look agendas <laughs> Y'all, this ends our our sixth live episode of Trekker's Delight. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Discovery is going on a mid-season hiatus. We won't see Discovery until February 10th, but don't stop watching us because we are committed to giving you the content of all things Star Trek. On next week, prepare for a live show from my friends who will give us content through our show, Black Trek. We're still going to provide you with additional content throughout the week. As a reminder, we will post every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on YouTube and Anchor, Spotify, podcasts. On Mondays, we will either post shows dealing with LGB Trek or fight the patriarchy. On Tuesdays, we've got Techno Trek and What If. On Wednesdays, we have Black Trek and Section 31. If you want to stay informed with what we're doing on most social media platforms, look for us at Trekker's Delight. We can be found on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Again, our handle is at Trekkers Delight. If you have information you want to send to us, you can send that information to our Gmail account at trekkersdelight at gmail.com. That is trekkersdelight at gmail.com. Please like, follow, subscribe, add, comment, and share to stay delighted in Trek. As always, I'm Jermaine Watson, and you've been listening or watching Trekkers Delight. <clears throat> May you have peace and a long life.
1: And thanks to our guests.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so very much. Thank you for coming. Thanks Thanks for joining, guys. Thank
2: you for having me, guys.